I think that's a yeah. good idea. Let's do it. Hey, UFC 178 is in the books and a lot to talk about. As some of you may know, it's even made it outside of the cage, which means it's time for Verbal Tap, the show that proves fighting is way easier as a spectator. Like It's way easier if you don't have to do it. We do not know why more fighters don't do it. I am your host, Kevin. With me, of course, Raf Esparza. Raf, how are you doing this evening? You know, I'm not bad. Uh, I'm going to be really honest with you. I didn't see the fights yesterday, Kevin. Hey, your loss. It was a great card, but we <laughs> also have with us comedian and I'm sure soon to be loser of over under Kevin. Mr. Stephen Briggs. Stephen, how are you doing, <laughs> sir? I'm good, man. I'm good. How about yourself? I'm uh, in Vegas right now. Oh, I'm jealous. <laughs> that sounds good really times. Awesome. Good times. Let me tell you. Uh, have you seen Demetrius Johnson? Did you congratulate him? You haven't. I haven't. I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him walking around. But I did see Doug Stanhope walking around. Oh, nice. Oh, well, I don't think Doug noted UFC last night, fighter. But I'll okay. check. No, yeah. he's, he's not. But you know, I just thought I'd let you guys know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if Name we're playing dropping. six degrees of separation, he did host the man show revamp with Joe Rogan. You know, exactly. UFC legend. So it's kind of topical, just whimsically. Uh, you know, guys, I am actually staring at the results. Um, Steve, you know, obviously Kevin feels that he won it. Uh, I just want to get your reaction real quick. Do you think that you won this? I, you know what? I, I think, I think I did. And I think, I think, uh, I think, Either way, it's a it's a win. But you know, I think it's more of a win win situation for Kevin. Either way, because if he loses, he uh, loses five pounds. If he wins, he gets five great tweets from me. So, <laughs> I mean, right. the funny part about this is that I I did text Steve off air after we we're done. I was like, hey man, you know, good job on the uh, appearance, but also, what an inspired bet. <laughs> because... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's one that you don't think about. Like you're like, yeah, I've got a whole month to lose weight. Like if I drop like a pound and a half, like each week, I'll be fine. Unless you get to the end and you go, oh shit, I'm not five pounds under, and it's really specific. So congratulations to you. Exactly, and here's here's the thing too. Uh, one of my buddies uh, listened to the the podcast, and he's like, he's like, why are you trying to get this guy to lose pounds? Are you are you checking him out? You trying to you trying to set him up? I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> you're trying you're trying to make them into the figure you'd like i was gonna say first of all good zing second of all tell him thank you thank you for listening that's very sweet oh, yeah, definitely. Support, what's his name let's go ahead and shout him out right yeah, now since we're up. about to put him on blast oh andy his name's andy andy yeah. that's so great that you are so concerned about whatever figure uh kevin's in andy i so can also cook point. i just want that I do like that in this scenario, they make Steve out to be like the guy who looks at Kevin and goes, hey, you better fit into this dress, okay? I yeah, exactly. I was like, come on now. <laughs> I said, pounds. I already bought the dress. I already bought the dress, but come on now. <laughs> Meet me halfway, and I really need to lose 10, so five is yeah. perfect. They had a no-return policy. So. <laughs> well, guys, I don't want to keep you on pins and needles too much longer. Um, how about we just get to the results? Oh man, it was a yeah, great it was card. It was a great okay. card. What yeah, and Kevin's going to walk us through this. He's going to talk all about the fights uh, because I was out doing something yesterday. Uh, I got an engagement or you know a wedding ring, the wedding band. And I will tell you this, Kevin. Uh, the number one question that happened with every place that we looked at that Kelly looked for the wedding uh, band was, "Will this ring will obviously kill him if he wears it in jujitsu?" 
Like, that was the number one concern for every ring that we looked at. Oh. Like, what if he keeps this on? Uh, that's not a good enough one. He, he's going to wear it in jiu-jitsu. So it was a very real place. But uh, let's get straight to the results. Gentlemen, what if I were to tell you that one of you had five out of 11 picks right? Well, that sounds like ah. an infinitesimal Damn. number. Okay. And then what if I were to tell you that one of you had nine out of 11 right? Yes, that's right. Nine, 11. Well, that sounds like me. That's uh, amazing. Although I'm pretty sure I didn't have nine, so we'll see. <laughs> that makes me nervous. Kev, why do you not think you had nine? I just don't remember. There's at least two or three that I was pretty sure I picked the wrong one for. Here's the good news, Kevin. You got as many right as you need to lose pounds. Mm. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> that is glorious. Uh, so There's... congratulations to the winner of Over Under Kevin, UFC 178, Stephen Briggs. Steve, Thank do you, you very much. Any, Thank you. Any winning moments or do you have something that you like to yeah, say? To you? I, you know, first of all, first of all, I would like to thank God. You know what I mean? God yeah, for this victory. Yeah. I'd like yeah. to thank my mom, my dad for always encouraging me, knowing that I could, I could win on the Over Under, you know? There's a lot of people praying for me, you know? And now, <laughs> and now I, I, I expect Kevin to stick to his end of the deal. And to take a before picture and an after and lose those damn five pounds. I will say this, because the weird part about saying a before and after picture is, for five pounds on Kevin, it's not going to look that much different. That's that's actually what I was thinking. I, I know people <laughs> on Twitter are going to be like, you look the same. <laughs> <laughs> like, where did you Kevin, lose it? In your calves? <laughs> Kevin, you cannot cheat it by wearing black. Oh, like, okay. You just can't take a photo of you wearing black and being like, look, I lost five pounds. What I want to get is one of those, like, uh, Biggest Loser suits that's just, mm. like, kind of looks like what they wear before and it just says Team Team Briggs. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, I'll start on October 1st and I'll end on October 31st. Does that okay. – uh, that's, that's Halloween, a deal. That's too. perfect. That's a sacrifice. That's perfect. Yeah, and that, that's perfect time for you to fit in the dress I got you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so Halloween, for Halloween, you're being a lady. That's yeah, right. no, Kevin's been waiting to wear that nurse's outfit for some time. <laughs> a sexy nurse he will not be until he loses those pounds. Uh, can That's I right. say this real quick? Uh, Kev, now I want you to walk us through the fights because the first thing that happened is uh, Kevin managed the Twitter yesterday. So if you notice, there were a whole bunch of spelling and continuity errors. It's because of him. But Sorry about that. One of the things that you did write, Kevin, Thank you. was did I see you get a little impressed by the main event? Yeah, I made him impressed by everything. I was impressed by Johnson's fight. I was impressed by everything. Okay, now what was so impressive about that fight? Okay, well, Demetrius Johnson, it says he won via submission, and I guess he did, but kind of in the way that it was like, oh, good, submitting me is way less painful than hitting me routinely in the face over and over. Uh, mm-hmm. I there are a lot of inappropriate jokes I made about this fight that I didn't tweet out and they're welcome but these two really need to go to Burger King like Carriasa needs to eat a fucking meal I think uh, he wasn't in the same league as Demetrius Johnson I don't know if Demetrius Johnson needs to fight someone that's an adult size or what he needs to do but uh, they don't have anyone at this division it was a very one sided fight he beat the hell out of him controlled him took him down submitted him do you see that that might have been a problem for him, Steve? Do you think that Kevin was just overlooking how good this fight was? Because he had 
not Johnson, which was your voting exactly. mechanism. I was uh, so exactly. sure I had won the rest of the fights that I picked against him, but go ahead. Let's continue going. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I love ice cream. Someone just bought me an ice cream, actually, for my victory. Just to let you know, guys. <laughs> you remember, cause I, you remember uh, I said I was going to buy you guys ice cream if I lost? I well, you know what? I thought I'd, tr- I'd get some ice cream myself if I won. So I won, so I'm eating ice cream right now. Yeah. You bring up a nice point, so let's transition to that fight, because I had a note here that said, no ice cream if Cruz loses. Both of you took Dominic Cruz, so I don't know who that bet was to, but okay. Uh, Dominic Cruz came back in, in like, like commanding fashion. Uh, mm-hmm. Kevin, what was impressive about his fight coming back yesterday? How short it was. He okay. <laughs> He just, like, did a really quick takedown and kind of slammed him in that way that it was just like, uh-oh. Uh, Dominic Cruz is back. I mean, I would be... Oh, my God. I'm just thinking about, like, how Mizugaki was like, holy shit, I just hit a storm of Dominic Cruz. <laughs> Picked him up, threw him down, punched him a lot in the face on one side. He kind of mm-hmm. turned, even though the fight really could have been stopped. And then he hit him a bunch of times on the other side of the face, and they stopped the fight. He looked That's amazing. Do you feel that he is yeah. ready for the belt? Yeah, I think he gets a, he gets a shot back. And here's what I'll say, and I don't know, this is just a funny. They were trying to come up with analysis afterwards, and when you watch like Sugar Rashad Evans try and come up with analysis, it's a really funny thing to watch. So they were like talking themselves. They're like, "I bet he wishes he could have taken that fight a little longer to get some reps in." It's like this isn't an NBA game. Like they don't get warmed yeah. up in the third quarter. He's trying to end this motherfucker's life by all intents and purposes. I miss Chael Sonnen, man. That guy had some great commentary. I agree. I it, it has it's got. He's it way better than Rashad yeah, in the commentary. Yeah, yeah, in the fight game, I think Rashad's better in the fight game. But in commentary, no one beats Chael Sonnen. I, I don't I even mean, think Joe Rogan beats Chael Sonnen in the in the, ooh, in the yeah. commentary. <laughs> and that's uh, saying are, a lot because Joe's pretty those good. Are words. Joe doesn't. Yell I don't as know much. that they are great words or informed words, but I will say this. Um, you know, DC, he Listen. tries really hard, and he's super loud. So he has that going for him. Uh, and, and he, and he follows the, the footsteps of Muhammad Ali. Although it's kind of cheesy, it's very entertaining and funny when he does his yeah. rhyming. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Every time he starts rhyming, I the eyes cannot roll fast enough to the back of my head every time he does that. <laughs> You're like, uh, this guy is ridiculous. Well, I'm just staring at him, and I go, "Can't we get somebody else on here?" Like, I get it. You know, He's you know, I, I I really wish his politician career would have kept on going because I wonder if he would have carried the same way against his opponents that he's voting against. <laughs> I will say the one thing, you know, you could fire him as a fighter, but I don't think he ever took performance enhancers for speaking. Yeah. No, no, no. Exactly. Just saying. And that's why just I think saying. it's bullshit that they fired him. Doing yeah. Well, like, what's the... don't. <laughs> don't worry about it I'm sure they'll hire him back once it all ducks down over but let's go to our next fight I gotta ask you this Steve are you excited now because after this big win Kat Sagano, who had an emotional win and you know what I've always liked her as a fighter uh, are you excited for the fight between her and Ronda Rousey I'm super excited she's undefeated I mean she looks great I think she's totally gonna whoop I, I think she, if anyone could do it she can take her down Kat can do it okay, okay. yeah I haven't I haven't been excited about a lot of uh, the women that fought uh, Ronda Rousey. I haven't th- thought any of them had a real chance against Ronda, but this one, Kat, I think she actually stands a solid chance. 
let me get this straight. You didn't get excited when the UFC told you to get excited? That's really strange. Steve. No, no, I never get excited when the UFC tells me excited. Because every time I, I, I like to get excited in my own around. terms, okay? I get it. The only things that get me excited, yeah. Only things that get me excited right now is my probably my girlfriend because she's listening to this. Probably his <laughs> girlfriend. He's not a hundred percent. He was just like yeah, probably we, my girlfriend. I yeah, well, you know, it's fifty fifty if she gets me excited. It is. Not. It really is fifty fifty. You know what I mean? Yeah, anytime, every year after twenty five, things get more dicey. I'm with you. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, the longer you're in, the harder it is to get excited. Ralph knows what I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> Choice words there, everybody. He's into a deeper relationship. I love tacit compliance yeah. when you just infer that people are with you. It's the best. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it shows the signs of a, a comic who's been around the stage so long doing crowd work. It's just like, this guy knows that I'm Yeah, this guy's with me. <laughs> Shut up, Steve. I actually um, said that on stage last night. Did you really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, come on, this guy knows what I'm talking about. And he's like, no, I don't. <laughs> he's like, I don't know what dubstep music is. I was like, oh, okay, never mind. He doesn't know. Honestly, nothing worse than being a comedian, looking at somebody going, this guy knows what I talk about, and they just go, no. Like, yeah, they shake yeah. their head audibly and scared. Just like, no, I really don't. Please don't ask me any questions. Uh, Kevin, I ask you, um, was there uh, a greatness between the fight between Manny and Cody? Because you said that Manny, well, you had to go with Cody Gibson because he's a man, is the, how you were saying that. Do you want to retract that statement now? Um, who did I, w- wait, which fight are you talking about? The Cody Gibson, Manny Gambit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I oh. voted against Cody because I said no man named Cody is tough. And you were like, Cody's going to kip kick Manny's ass. First of all, I went with Cody because he looked like a Franco brother. He looked like Dave Franco, if I'm reading That's my true. notes correctly. So. That's actually true. You did that. Hard, hard to believe Dude, I lost. Don't tell people you have notes, especially okay. that your notes say looks like Dave Franco. Okay. You know, then that's what I would have written down if I did have notes. How's that? There we go. Threw him way mm-hmm. off the trail. First of all, I do want to talk about the Cat Zingano Nunez fight, though, real quick. Nunez okay. nearly ended this fight in the first round. Very mm-hmm. close. Um, Kat Zagato, like you heard her say it in the after thing, kind of checked out. It looked like she was getting her fight legs back under her, and then she did. She did that thing where you know how, like, you have a head and arm guillotine, mm-hmm. um, not all that dissimilar, almost like a Darce like setup. She did a mean fucking judo throw with that mm-hmm. Darce hold twice. It was beautiful. She looked scary. Uh, so that's all I wanted to say, but it was a great fight, great fight between the two of them. I like um, it. Um, yeah, I chose I chose Gibson, and I feel terrible about it because now that I'm looking at it, it's like, of course, Manny Gambirion was going to win that fight. He looks like a Batman villain. <laughs> Come on, don't don't give him. He looks more like a Batman henchman than a villain. He looks. Like yeah, a- I, he he didn't get the full on Batman villain. No, he's the guy who the Batman kills before getting to the main villain. Yeah, he holds while the main he's walking his way door upstairs. Open. Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah. Uh, Kev, I was really interested to hear about this fight because uh, you were way more complimentary of him in the first round, and obviously things went worse for him later on. But Donald Cerrone versus Eddie Alvarez. Now, I did say one of Alvarez's best traits is mainly not getting super knocked out for a long time. (laughs) Uh, But at the very beginning... 
uh, I was finding that he had a lot of uh, offense and he was putting it to Cerrone. Is that correct? Very correct. Eddie Alvarez is a mean mofo and doesn't look like he should be fighting at that weight in the UFC. Mm. Looks like he's a weight class below what he's fighting at, just from the pure size difference of Alvarez and Cerrone. Uh, Came out polished, fought really well, fought fantastically, and then just uh, Donald Cerrone did what Donald Cerrone does in round two and just started beating the hell out of him. Barely barely escaped a few knockouts, major heart points from Eddie Alvarez, but these two, for 15 minutes, were just swinging at one another violently. Look at the total strikes, 101 to 64. Like, that's an astronomical amount of strikes to land in 15 minutes. 100, 88 of them significant, just nearly broke Alvarez's knee. He kicked his mm. femur so hard. It was <laughs> It was a brutal fight. And Steve, if I could ask this over to you, you were saying that uh, Bellator fighters tend to have a big uh, problem whenever they come into the UFC. Uh, Did you think that it was impressive that Eddie was kind of putting it to Donald Cerrone, uh, considering that that's one of the top fighters that you can fight in the UFC, especially on your debut? Well, here's the thing. I I think it's just like Kevin said. He, He put it to him in the first round, but that's the thing. They always get excited and they and they burn out in that first round. They just go for it hard, and then when it comes later on, you know all that excitement of being in the UFC. They're like, ah, you know. So I think it's. I still think it's the same thing. Like, it's the, uh, you know, going into the UFC. It's like the curse. You know, you get in there the first time, you always have a rough time. Yeah. And Cerrone, he's so comfortable in the UFC. You know what I mean? He's fought so many times. I mean, Absolutely. he's won. Like we were saying, he he puts on a great show every single time. Of course, he's not gonna. You know, if he gets hit, he's not going to crumble and stuff like that. So, of course, I I wasn't surprised that he's taking it to him in the second round, you know? Yeah, and I think the nice thing about Donald Cerrone is not only does he seem like somebody who you see after a fight and you buy him, like, a Bud Light and he's just super fucking happy about his life, but he's already telling people in confidence that he wants to fight again by the year's end. Now, I don't know if you're looking at a calendar right now, but we're pretty much into October, which means there's about a couple of months left, and he's already fought like four times within the past year. I think he should. I think he should fight again. He puts on great fights every single time. Every time I know Donald uh, Cowboy Cerrone's fighting, I know it's not going to be a letdown. He's going to put on a show. That's fine. The dude is only a human being as well. I, I feel he should take a little more recovery time, but I will say, Kev, are we looking at somebody who's going to be fighting in a title match very soon? Without question. I don't think he should fight this year. I don't think he should fight again unless it's for a title. I wouldn't. If I were Donald Cerrone after just knowing exactly what Steven just said, everyone wants to see him fight. Everyone wants to see it. Yeah. He shouldn't fight again until it's for a title. He's on a crazy win streak. Um, He's in a competitive division, but he's ready. Mm -hmm. Let him fight Showtime. I mean, just let it happen. Let's go. Well... Let's see what happens there. It would be interesting to see how that fight goes. Uh, Kev, I will ask you just real quick, if you don't want to bring up any other fights, there's two more that I really want to get to. Yeah. I think you know one of them. But yeah. uh, did, would you have any notes about Conor McGregor, especially considering that you didn't vote for him and you saw him uh, have a very commanding performance? McGregor was in Poye's head, and McGregor used it and looked fantastic. And I can't believe I picked against him and his tattoo. I can't believe it. Knocked him out. Poor <laughs> That's guy. right. Ed Hardy once wins again. <laughs> Plus, he just – I like his charisma. I like his flash. I like oh, yeah. it. I, uh, it's, it works for me. Now, Oh, yeah. This right. guy's one of my favorite fighters right now. 
Do you feel that like it's weird because I don't know if you know this, uh, Steve, but uh, McGregor is basically like he's blowing up on a fast scale. Do you see now that he's gotten past the hype? Are we at a point now where we're just accepting him as like a contender? You know what? I think his uh, charisma and uh, just like his accent and where he comes from, like this fighting background, you know, it's the fighting Irish and we don't really have that right now in the UFC besides him. And he's just so Irish and he has all these fans back him. I think he, he bats boosted way higher than the fight caliber he's had so far. But I think he has the chop, like the chops and the skill to back it up. All right. I like that. Kev, I, I need you to walk me through this match because this is confusing to read and follow along when you aren't watching a fight to begin with. And I'm sure it wasn't all that much more clear when it was happening live. So tell me what the fuck happened between our friend Tim Kennedy and Yoel Romero. Okay, well, first of all, an amazing fight happened where two giants were beating the hell out of each other and fighting and doing some jujitsu and nearly knocking each other out. And at the end of the second round, Tim got Yoel Romero against the cage and knocked him out right as the round ended. I'm talking like no one would have disagreed if the referee had stopped that fight the two seconds leaving the round. Like, it was bad. They take him to his corner. I'm just going to tell you guys what happened. They take him to his corner. The bell, whatever, goes back. Um, They start to call him back in. McCarthy's bringing people. And Romero's people stay. He's still sitting down. Tim Kennedy's up. The referee's signaling come fight. He's still sitting there being attended to by... The, by his corner and that was the big discrepancy he didn't come out when the bell rang like he absolutely did not it took him about an extra two and a half minutes which is an eternity when you're waiting for someone to start the fight and that's that's the controversy because a second later this is what happens in mma romero gets his wits back about him tim kennedy makes a mistake and romero knocks him out so A lot happened in the course of three minutes. A knockout on the fence as the round ends. A basic subtle protest that Romero's going to sit there as long as he wants, followed by him knocking Tim Kennedy out. I'm going to ask you this over to Steve. Steve, do you feel that this reeks of some kind of, not conspiracy, but BS? I think I think it is BS, but also I'd like to uh, like take a little bit of that win for myself because I feel like Tim was listening and I got in his head. <laughs> so <laughs> I think half the win should go to me. Yeah, I no, completely I'm, I'm concur. Not about, no, don't concur with that. That's bullshit. And I'll tell you why. It is one thing to be winning a fight and trying to play by the rules. And then to have it come against you, it's got to be super fucking confusing. And it's even more confusing when afterwards Dana White in a press conference starts off and it sounds like he's condemning Yoel Romero in the post presser where he's like, you know what? That's the fucking dirtiest trick in the fucking book. No, I agree. Dana's comments afterwards were ridiculous. And Steven, you're a man of public messaging. You understand public messaging. I mean, of you're course. a comedian. I don't, I'm not going to say you're an artist of it, but you're there. You're borderline. He starts by, like, first of all, being attackive and telling the reporter to shut up while he's going to answer his question, <laughs> which is classic Dana, and then proceeds <laughs> to just not answer it. He says this is a cheat move. 
But then he said something about the UFC guy being in there to lube up the Romero's face. It was very weird, and he never gave us an answer. Here's my question, Stephen. If it was the UFC, if they were supposed to bring mm-hmm. their guy out, and Raf, I'm you. I keep this is my point, and this is what I'm trying to hone in on. What, isn't that easy? Wouldn't they just say that? Like, why? Why do you think they don't have an answer, or is this just the UFC kind of doing their favorite NFL impression? What do you think here, Stephen? I think that the UFC is still a young sport, and they, you know, like in NFL, we've seen everything happen, the weirdest things happen, you know? But in UFC, there's still a lot of weird things that, you, I mean, people are freaking out when Showtime jumped off the cage and kicked someone. That No one ever done that before, so no one's ever done this before, where they, the people just still sit on the chair, you know? So no one knew, really knew what to do, and I think that's why Dino's kind of like scurrying around the situation, because he's like, well, you know, like, we've never had this happen before, so what do we do? But I was saying, if I was Tim, I, when the bell rang, I'd have been like, just walk over and punch him in the chair because it started, right? Oh, that's genius. He should have. Yeah. He should have because the bell rang. What? He could have kicked him, it, too. That's a trick he's... move. Yeah. It's a trick move. You could be like, oh, wait, wait. wait. Like, you know what? Some guys would be like, wait, 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 <laughs> in the fight. And then the referee would be like, no, wait. Go ahead and hit that guy. But you know what I mean? It's like a trick move. <laughs> So yeah. I, I don't think it was cheating, but I do think Tim got tricked. It was a trick move. Like, he tricked him. Here's what I'll so, say that really pissed me mm-hmm. off is people were asking, should Tim get an immediate rematch? And Dana's skirting around the issue as only Dana can, which is like, no, it's definitely our fucking guy's fault, but it is the dirtiest trick in the book. But I don't know if we're going to do a rematch because, you know, I mean, knockout, you know, right? So uh, I don't know. Fucking next question. Yeah, I I don't know if 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 you people really want to see a rematch. It wasn't like like uh like someone got like poked in the eye and they couldn't see and got hit and knocked out. It was like the guy rested for a little bit longer. I mean, if they want to do a rematch, but I'm not. I don't really care. Uh, uh, I'm not really interested in uh you know getting into Tim's head and making him lose again. So, (laughs) Steve, I don't know where you think your wrestling is that good. But even if it was just a wrestling match, Tim's thigh is bigger than your entire human being i mean yeah i actually every every time i've been leaving my house i've been looking around and making sure he's not around you should man he is a <laughs> he is a sniper so i i wouldn't fuck with that Don't oh i mean I, he's definitely a dangerous man I, i'm definitely <laughs> i'm definitely scared of him i feel that way so kev you know as a whole you were you couldn't stop saying how good the card was great card Great card from start to finish. Everybody fought. Everyone cared. Everyone was a professional. Everyone that was supposed to be there was there. It was great. Uh, except Carriasso not ready to fight Johnson. Other than that, great card. Well, you can't win them all, uh, Kevin, and you definitely didn't win your own game. Uh, no. Steve, we've got to ask you this. First of all, thank you so much for being a part of it. Thank you for recapping with oh, of us course. Today, all of the fights. We appreciate it. Uh, so what's happening next? I know you're going on a USO tour. Maybe you'll run into Tim Kennedy. Oh, <laughs> I really <laughs> hope not. Oh, that's okay. I'm about to text him to see. Uh, maybe he's taking a break and he's going to do the tour himself. Because you know he's always like, yeah, yeah. he's always really good with the troops. our special guest, Tim Kennedy. I'm going to be like, Tim, you know, Steve. He actually rolls. Do you want to train with him? Yeah, no, so, no, you I know, know he gives up a whole bunch of weight, but that's cool. You know, you know, if Tim wants to roll, I'll actually get in there with him. And I, you know, I just don't want to embarrass him with a submission. That's the only thing. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> sure, Briggs. that's uh, Jesus. that's 
You're a man of the people. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and tell Tim yeah. this right now, Tim. Yeah. If you're listening, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a, I, I won't box with him because you know what I mean. I got auditions. I got yeah. still look like my yeah. headshot. You yeah, know what I mean? But but if, if he wants to wrestle, I'll, I'll give him a cripple across face, and then and then uh, <laughs> I'll stone cold stunner him. You yeah okay. I'm glad you you specified which kind of wrestling because I was about to tell Tim. I was like Tim, just in case you wanted to know, uh, Steve's neck usually tends to be open, so. How yeah, well, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I got my leather vest hanging up in my closet with the Speedo, <laughs> and I've been waiting to put them on and give someone a Stone Cold Stutter. So if Tim wants it, he can get that Stone Cold Stutter. <laughs> I, you know, I would pay money to watch that try and happen. I think that's <laughs> As I crack open two of Milwaukee's best and I just drown them down my throat. <laughs> I love it. I can't get any funnier. Um, so, Briggs, Mr. you know, you're going on the USO tour. Where can people find you again? Uh, you can go on my website, stephenbriggscomedy.com, or hit me up on Twitter. It's at Mr. Stephen Briggs. That's some good shit, man. You're very funny. We love having you on the show. And uh, Thanks, you have uh, any parting words that you want to go to say to Kevin before? Any any advice maybe for the next time he does over under Kevin? Um, Man, I don't know. It's like how do you give advice to someone who's just like, so down there in the dumps. Just, just so pathetic, right? Just so terrible. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know what to give. I don't know what to give Kevin. I mean. I mean. Uh, so, I don't know. Uh, maybe. So <laughs> maybe. I mean, start with the start with the five pounds, and let me see some ambition, and then maybe we can go from there. <laughs> oh, I hate my life. So, yeah, it's <laughs> well. We want to thank you very much, Steve. Uh, I hope when uh, before you get out or when you come back, you'd be good to train again, man. So good things to you, my man. Yeah, definitely, man. I'll definitely see you in November. All right. Sounds good, buddy. Ladies and gentlemen, Stephen Briggs. Thank you, guys. Bye. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you know, we're not surprised when things work out so wonderfully, but we are truly grateful when we get our next guest literally just won 48 hours ago in a fight that was really awesome to watch him do. He is part of Team Lovato over out in the Midwest, one of our good friends. Let's please welcome to the show Mr. Justin Raider. Justin, how are you doing tonight, man? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Dude, not a problem, man. And let me tell you this. Maybe I don't speak for all of jiu-jitsu, but I got to tell you, it's so great when we see you and Lovato going out there and representing the sport in MMA in such a dominant fashion that it is impressive to look at so congratulations on your win my man well thank you so much it was a super special night and once again uh the one-two punch professor Rafael and myself we did it again uh like we've done so many times in the past so it was a super special moment for me as well i gotta say man you know when we were talking with uh rafael earlier in the month we were trying to get on that train of yeah man isn't it gonna be so great that the two of you guys are going to be on the same card. He's like, don't get me wrong, totally great. But it's hard for me not to be in his corner. And it, it's hard because I got to focus on my fight, but he's my brother. You know, is the same way for you? Do you, does part of you just want to be there? Yeah, you know, like I, I could definitely understand where he's coming uh, from on that standpoint. In fact, as soon as I got done, 
uh, you know, and so my fight ends or whatnot. I go backstage, and then man, he's back there warming up. You know, like like I walk out of the ring and I'm screaming at the crowd. You know, that is the cheer, and I'm like, no, we're not done yet. We're not done yet. I'm waving my finger. We got one more. We got one more. We can't celebrate yet. I go backstage, and like I'm walking out with him uh, out to the cage, and all of a sudden, like. Then it hits me, and then I'm more nervous than I was for my fight. And I'm, like, oh. sitting around. Now I'm pacing back and forth, and I'm, like, my hands are on my face. i got to walk to the side uh, of the cage and everything. And then, like, and then I start yelling and screaming at him and whatnot. Like, so, yeah, no, I definitely understand where he's coming from at that point. It's like, oh, man, like, you know, like, like, like my brother's about to walk into the cage now. Like, oh, like, you know, I walk into the cage myself. I'm, oh, I'm fine. You know, cool. No problem. You know, yeah. but then he walks in and I'm like, oh, I'm all nervous now. Cause like, like I'm not in control anymore, you know? And so then I'm yelling and screaming, you know, uh, uh, uh everything <laughs> I can. I'm just like, oh, you know, and then, it's, then it all happens. It all works out. Then it's an awesome night, you know? For you, is it, I, I'm so intrigued to know this. Cause you train with them. You, like you said, you guys are, are synonymous in so many different ways. But what impressed you most about him in his debut for MMA? Honestly, really, uh, uh, his composure. You know, he, he was not afraid to stand there, close the distance. He threw some good kicks. When the opening was there, he closed the distance, clinched the guy up, took him to the ground, made it his fight, took it where he wanted to go into his world. And he just looked very, very comfortable uh, being in there. And, of course, you know, like that, you know, just speaks volumes about our training and training camp uh, that we did. And then uh, our coach, Mark Beecher, you know, getting us ready for that, you know, like uh, uh, so that would probably be what impressed me most. Man, you are not kidding. you know, ability on the ground is, you know, speaks for itself with his resume. <laughs> I guess it's okay. I, I guess. Whatever. You know? Raphael who? Who was it again? Yeah, exactly, right? Does he do jiu-jitsu? Is that what happened? I, I don't I know. Struggle. <laughs> I struggle. Uh, but I, I think that you, you raise a good point of, man, when he's throwing kicks with his distance on him, it's really fascinating to see, especially when you're so used to him taking down people or doing different types of attacks. So that's one. Number two, somebody said this, and I think it's absolutely true. It didn't look like his first MMA fight. No, yeah, I didn't think it, it did either, you know, and I, I can even kind of recall back to, to my first one, like, uh, I didn't even feel like, you know, necessarily just super comfortable on the feet, or I, even my own eyes, I didn't even feel like I looked like as composed as he did either, so that's awesome. I have to ask, especially just with when you're seeing it, what was your excitement level in the sense of here's why we were stoked just from a verbal tap perspective. We were like, if Lovato goes in there and does like one fifth of what he's been doing in jujitsu matches, it's going to be phenomenal. Where were you at on the excitement for what he could be like in the cage? You know, I think it's, it's just awesome to see, uh, you know, someone evolve like that. Uh, you know, like, like he's not, he's got so many other tools and weapons, you know, that, that he can put on display now in a completely different arena with different rules and still, you know, make what he does, uh, you know, just look super effective. So I'm extremely excited. And similarly, how, 
how smooth has your transition felt? And we talk about this because obviously Raph and I make no secrets about our jujitsu nerdiness. So we knew a lot about your game. We've watched, I don't know, I feel like I've watched one million of your <laughs> jujitsu grappling matches. It's probably somewhere closer to 100, but feels like a lot. How smooth is the transition with your dominant top game to the striking and the grappling? Or is there more than we see, or is it as smooth as it looks? Because you don't look like you're struggling at all in MMA. Yeah, you know, and once again, I'd like to give, you know, credit to my coaches. Uh, Mark Veacher, uh, the hyena, you know, he, he was out there in Vegas for a long time, and he actually began his martial arts journey with us uh, about 16 years ago, right about the same time that, I started training at Lovato's and then, you know, he did the, the, the Muay Thai thing and, and, and then he's trained, you know, so many guys. And so I'd have to really, you know, give credit, uh, where it's due as far as my transition goes, uh, and the training that he gives me and then the guidance that I get, uh, you know, from the Jiu Jitsu aspect, uh, from Professor Raphael, uh, as well, you know, like, like I really feel like it's made the transition that much smoother. You know, I used to hear for years, people would, mention my name uh you know i i, I feel like in some ways in jiu-jitsu or when i would compete in jiu-jitsu that i had somewhat of a unique style for my weight class in the sense Absolutely. of the fact that i was very much a yeah. take you down you know grind smash from top you know uh path you know to earn the submission as opposed to going out there and pulling guard and, you know, playing the whole guard game, you know, and that's now developing. It seems like everyone just does 50-50 in Baron Bolos now, you know. So, you know, everyone always, you know, predicted that, you know, oh, man, he should go do MMA. His transition should be great. He'd have great jiu-jitsu for MMA. And so, you know, uh, uh, me personally, it's not like I took that as like, oh, well, that's what I should go do. My mm-hmm. true goal in martial arts has always been to be the most complete fighter that I can be. And I wanted my jiu-jitsu at a certain world-class level before I made that transition over and I felt like I got there and I was like well you know the time is now you know I've got a couple of no-gi jiu-jitsu titles uh, as a black belt I've got an ABCC bronze you know let's let's start you know the MMA journey now and so I made the transition and it's been great I think the biggest thing uh, uh, that I've seen in, in myself has been the evolution of my stand-up game which again I give credit to my coach Mark Beecher uh, uh, you know, I work with him, you know, three days a week, you know, and then another day of sparring. And it's, it's just and the way that everything has just come together. It's, it's just been an absolutely, you know, fantastic and amazing experience. And I'm, you know, only promise only bigger and better things to come. Yeah. You technically won via submission, but it was, it's sort of like, that was a much easier choice than getting hit in the face anymore. It was like, yeah, let's try grappling. <laughs> so I'm getting hit a lot. Uh, we got to see a nice clip of your most recent win. Do you go in hoping to take it to the ground, or are you at a? Because you also look like you were trying to strike in this fight, and that's, I mean, that's kind of fun to watch. What's your game plan? You know, uh, I want to grow as a fighter. I want to mature. I want to be good in all areas. I really, truly believe. You know, with the way that, you know, especially the MMA sport has evolved, that you cannot be one-dimensional or even one-and-a-half-dimensional or even two-dimensional. I really believe that, you know, you need to be, uh, you know, as complete as possible. And so I've worked so much uh, uh, on my stand-up Muay Thai game 
with Mark Beecher to make the transition that much easier. You know, my first fight, he'd been back a week, and so I really didn't get to work with him uh, throughout that camp. And I think I threw a total of one punch that didn't even land in my first fight. Yes, my game plan was take it to the ground where I'm most comfortable, throw some ground and pound, and, you know, we'll get the submission and get out of there. In my next fight, uh, I faced a guy that was a purple belt in jiu-jitsu, and, you know, he was uh, uh, had really good defense. You know, I was controlling and dominating on the ground, but he ended up finding his way back to the standing position, and I ended up, you know, using what I'd been learning for a couple months at that point, and I got, you know, a knockout. It was nice in my second fight to go ahead and get a knockout and kind of get that monkey off my back. Hey, you know, like, <laughs> when's the first knockout going to come? Is this just a <laughs> guy, or can he do it all? You know, and then to walk out here in my next fight and to really put everything on display, I, like, with all the work I've been doing, I cannot tell you just how comfortable I feel on the feet now, throwing my hands. Yes, I've got work to do. I understand that. I realize that, you know, uh, uh, I've, I've got a long way to go, a lot still to learn. But I'm having fun. I'm excited about it. Uh, you know, it's nice to get in there. Uh, I felt like my defense was good. I was keeping my hands up. I threw a couple punches, sat the guy down on his butt with an overhand, and then went right to work on my grappling game as I closed in and pounced on him and eventually got the submission. So uh, I'm, I'm really excited for where I can take this. And I wouldn't say that I'm always, you know, my game plan is going to always be, oh, I just have to take him down and get him to the ground, and then I'll be fine. I want everyone fearing everything I can do to make me a more well-rounded uh, uh, fighter. And not only that, I want people, I, I want to keep everyone guessing all the time. I do have to say, is there a part of you, and I don't know this about, <clears throat> I guess, the difference between your MMA game and your, your jiu-jitsu game, but when you're getting close to a submission or you see a submission opening, are you still kind of like, nah, come on, let me just knock you out? Like, are you more excited for it now? Or are you just – because, like, the hard part about seeing that for you, that rear naked choke looked like it was beyond second nature to you. It, it, it like – it looked like your arm – your brain just turned off and you're like, yep, this is normal. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I'm I'm not one to just be like, you know, oh, let's – you know, maybe I need experience standing or what. No, if you give me that opportunity (laughs) to finish the fight – I'm going to finish it right then and there. You know, had he not gotten up after an overhand right, fine, so be it. I'll take it, you know. However however you can get those Ws, uh, you know, especially when, you know, you got someone else throwing punches back at your face. I'll never – I don't ever want to go outside of what uh, our game plan is. I feel uh, that, you know, like, like I, I, I've always felt like I've, I can be very coachable and, and I take pride in that. And I'm going to, you know, we're going to, you know, we're going to study opponents as best we can, and we're going to have a game plan. And, you know, yeah, sometimes you have to get out there and improvise a little bit, but I'll always take what's given to me. I've always been that way. That was the way that my wrestling coach, uh, you know, from back when I wrestled in middle school and high school taught me to be, you always take what's given to you, and I'll finish every fight as fast as possible as soon as that opening's there. Well, for all people that might fight Justin Rader, stop giving him your neck. Do not do that. If you're fine. Just, well, I, it's a public service I, announcement. I have I, to do that real quick. I just have yeah, to tell the Kev, people. I, I would like to support that. Um, I, I'm not going to say this because I'm not a fighter. I don't know these things. Um, I'm just going to make one note to the world. Uh, maybe giving your chin, like raising it a little bit when Raiders on your back. I don't know. Don't. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't. 
I would just say, <laughs> I wouldn't either. Just go. <laughs> uh, but I mean, for you though, it's got to be so much fun. So uh, tell us, you know, you had a great training camp. You were telling me off air that this was like your best training camp you've had so far. Uh, obviously, Mark played a huge role in it. Were there any other factors that were making it so great? Uh, you know, no, I, I just really feel like all the work that I've been doing, uh, about halfway through the camp, I really felt like I hit another level, uh, in my Muay Thai and stand-up game. I felt like I really started to put more things together. I felt like I could get in there, uh, with the sparring that I do with him and, and some of my other training partners. I felt like I could slow the game down. I could see a lot of what's coming at me. Uh, and, and I just felt like I could put combinations together better. I could see openings a lot better, and I really just feel like I hit a deeper level of understanding of Muay Thai. Yes, I still have a long way to go. I understand that and realize that, but it was really cool. Like, I, I, I could almost, you know, like, you know, when I started jiu-jitsu, and, 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 and a lot of times when you start, especially combat sports, like, you have a harder time uh, seeing your own progress and seeing your own evolution. Uh, and, you know, with where I'm at now, after having trained jiu-jitsu for so many years, and wrestling for so many years and having, you know, competed jiu-jitsu at an extremely high level, you know, and, and, and now I'm to the age that I'm at, you know, 28, I'm not 21, I'm not 22 anymore. And having matured just throughout there, I can almost kind of see my own evolution as a fighter. And, and, and I would, you know, I even had a couple of discussions with Mark about it after practice, you know, like, man, I felt so great. Like I'm, I'm seeing this, I'm seeing that. Uh, uh, you know, we, we would discuss that. I told him like, this is the, the, best and most comfortable I've ever felt like, you know, uh, if this guy is willing to just stand up and throw with me, I told Mark, I said, you know, I mean, I'm not going to do anything stupid in the first, you know, opening I get to take him down, I'm obviously going to take, but I'm not going to be afraid to stand in the pocket and get right in his face and go after him. And if he wants to stand there and throw and, and, and just bang a little bit, then I've got no problem doing that. And I told uh, Mike Schiavello and Pat Militich that the day before. I said, I'm not going to shy away from anything he's got to throw at me. I'm going to go right in there, and I'm going to get right in his face exactly the way that Mark trains me to be. I like that's, that. But that's I awesome. know. I, was, I could listen to this for hours. Like, yeah, uh, the fight gospel with Justin Rader. I'm doing my best not to, not to nerd out. So final questions. Legacy Fighting Championship, and that's the fight we're talking about. You won via submission, rear naked choke after you knocked your opponent down and took his back and choked him out exactly the way you're supposed to in MMA. Are you fighting again with F's, with um, legacy? the Legacy Fighting Championship? Did they talk to you about that? Is there another organization? I mean, we're just excited to see you in MMA, and I think so is the world. So we're just curious, what's the next step? Yeah, I actually signed a four-fight deal with Legacy, okay. so this is my first of four, and uh, so I will be looking to fight uh, again for them. Uh, I'm not entirely sure when, of you know, like so soon after the fight, nothing is has even really been discussed yet or set in stone. Uh, I think their next event is in November, and uh, it's a little bit too quick of a turnaround that I'm, I'm probably not going to be able to make. Uh, that one, but there is one, I believe, like the next one I think after that is in like February. So, uh, I could very well possibly be on that one. Uh, it's a card I'd like to be on. I'd like to continue to work, get better, get experience. You know, it gives me a couple months to kind of, you know, relax and chill a little bit, you know, keep working on my Muay Thai. And then, you know, bam, as soon as, you know, January 2nd comes around, 
boom, training camp, hit it hard. Let's begin the year strong. Let's get some experience. Let's go get another win, and let's keep pushing this thing forward. I want to take it as far as I can. Yeah, I was about to say, I was like, you don't strike me as the type that really vacations all that much. So <laughs> when you say that you're like, yeah, I'll, I'll take it a little easier. I, I still don't think that, that computes in my brain as what a normal person takes easy. Uh, well, you I know, I, I love training. Off. I love strength and conditioning. I love uh, uh, improving my skills and whatnot. I mean, that's what I'm going to be doing. And I also really love teaching uh, the art of, you know, jiu-jitsu and and, and, you know, I run the kids program out here, here at uh, Rafael's Academy, uh, Lovato School of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and MMA. And uh, uh, earlier this year, I took over the women's only BJJ program, which I also teach. So, awesome. you know, my quote-unquote vacation time is like dedicating more of my time to those programs. How can I make them better? How can I be a better instructor? How can I be a better teacher? How can I, you know, be a better coach when they're at tournaments? You know, this, that, and the other. Like, we're going to be at the five grappling tournaments uh, this Saturday and Sunday. And uh, awesome. I've got a lot of kids competing at that, so I can't wait to go out there and, and, and see them put on their performance after uh, uh, Professor Rafael and myself just fought in Legacy, too. So, you know, <laughs> it's awesome. I do have to say, man, especially looking at it from our side, you know, we, we get to see all your instructionals whenever you guys post something out, like a new technique or whatever. It's always great to watch and to see. And when I hear you, and I mean, I see on your Facebook, you're posting these pictures with, with these kids, and I want to go up to each one of these kids and go, do you know how lucky you are? Yeah, do you, know, do you do you understand like how your wrestling is going to be better than mine will ever be because you have this gentleman working? No, no, no. Enjoy it, kid. Go win. Go win everything. It's great. Yeah, uh, they're funny. I, they're funny. They 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 don't see me as like you know Professor Raider. You know this this world. Uh, they just see me as you know their their instructor. We just we just have a great time. We're laughing. Right. I, I joke around. I kid with them. It's great. <laughs> they don't see you as MMA terror nightmare to multiple <laughs> opponents choking yeah, out people yeah. unconsciously uh they don't see they don't see that side um i will say you have a great instructional like did you put out uh, like kevin and i saw parts of this you put out a, like Absolutely. a dvd where i know that we we should maybe send you a royalty check we're not but i should definitely i should. owe you kevin, a few kevin the thing like, is, is like, kevin's body length is about Lovato style like he it works really good for him so uh, part of what he does is he definitely lifts a lot of that but your wrestling is so great um, what was the the instructional that you put out it was called the hybrid success formula and it was really cool we were coming up with the name working with uh, Raphael and and Sean who uh, uh, helped produce uh, the the DVD set you know we we're thinking about a name I was like well I think the I think using the word hybrid would be uh, really cool in there because it's really kind of what I consider myself to be, and I feel like I was very lucky to have uh, such a great instructor uh, like Raphael when I came to him because when I came to him I'd been wrestling for eight years already and I continued to wrestle through high school uh, while I was there training with him, but I started training uh, at Lovato's school under him and his father when I was twelve. And, uh, you know, so I, I would wrestle, you know, for the, the wrestling season from like October to about February. And then the rest of the time, as soon as that was over, uh, I, I dabbled a little bit in freestyle and Greco and, and did some of that kind of competition. Uh, but really, I, I mean, most of my time was spent, you know, training at Lovato's uh, uh, jiu-jitsu and, and delving into the jiu-jitsu season, which is more or less what it was like for me back then, kind of like the wrestling off season was my jiu-jitsu season. And so I feel like very lucky that I had someone who 
you know, like I, I can remember back when I used to compete, uh, you know, I, I, I had a different style, a different demeanor, a different composure when I would go to jiu-jitsu tournaments, you know, jiu-jitsu, it's the gentle art, everyone's nice and they grip up and they pull guard and, you know, you go, you both kind of get a chance to get your grips. And I was not like that. I was extremely aggressive in your face. I'd push you off the mat, like the way that you see in wrestling matches done. And like, that's, that's yeah. revered in wrestling. Like, you know, you knock someone over off the mat, you push them out of bounds, you shoot them off and you run back to the center and you're ready to go. And like, I did that in jiu-jitsu tournaments and people just didn't understand. I was public enemy number one like that the first day of competition that I ever came. I was like, what are you all so upset about? I guess that I was immature. I would, I taunted back at crowds back when I was immature. I did unhappy stuff like point and smile. Cause if I just they were didn't, like, stronger, I was, I, you couldn't yeah, push them they, off. Yeah, they just didn't understand. And, you know, so it took me years to shake that reputation off. But Raphael never, ever, like criticized my wrestling. In fact, he nurtured it. He wanted me to, 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 you know, understand jujitsu, but make my wrestling work for it. I had a strong top game. I could stay on top. I could not get swept. I mean, I probably won more two zero matches at blue belt than anyone else in the entire history of the sport, you know, uh, cause I would compete at, you know, Dallas and in Texas, which was the closest thing, you know, to me at the time, uh, uh, before I started, you know, before I was 16 and, you know, cause there really wasn't, you know, like Pan Ams for kids and Worlds for kids and all that kind of stuff. In fact, when I was a kid, I only, uh, I really, you know, age 13, I just started to compete with adults because there really weren't that many kids ever. And there was never tournaments for kids and kids divisions. So he, he always nurtured it. And I was very, you know, lucky to, to have had that. And, and I developed this style. And then I was able to, you know, after many, many years and, and doing what I did with it, and it helped me, you know, uh, accomplish what I accomplished, you know. So it was like, it was kind of my way of, of giving back to the jiu-jitsu community. Hey, here is everything that I'm doing. Here is how I put it together. And I really fused the style. Like, I took the best parts uh, and the most effective parts from wrestling to make it work for jiu-jitsu, and, and, and I revealed all of that. And everything that I'm doing and all my thought processes in my hybrid success formula uh, out there. It was not about money. I took pride in the fact that I had a product to be out there and to share it with anyone who wants to take advantage of it. So I was very happy with it. I was just very proud of it. And uh, anyone that wants to take advantage, feel free. I get good feedback from it from time to time uh, about how it's helping people, especially from people who have a wrestling background. They say it helps a lot you know, some of the things to, to think about in jiu-jitsu and, and, and the strategy, which, you know, I talk about with, you know, as I'm explaining moves as well. Yeah, I mean, I have to say, I have a four terrible uh, background in wrestling, so every kind of little inch I can get in that world, I always try and take advantage of it, because the way you explain things is very simple. I love the way that you guys approach it over there, so I, I would highly recommend people look at it, try and find it. Uh, get it, but I I did want to ask you this. Raphael was telling us on our podcast that he fell back in love with training jujitsu by doing all of his preparation for mixed martial arts. Has that been something similar for you, or has it been different? I would say it's been somewhat similar and somewhat a little different. I've really come to enjoy the finer, uh, uh, maybe not finer, uh, but but you know so, some of the more uh, 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 some different aspects of the art uh, that is jujitsu itself. You know, 
going back and focusing on more of the basics, you know, uh, mm. the, the RNC and, and the head and arm choke and the really highly efficient and effective parts of the game that I, I, I can use and, and translate well into MMA. I mean, you know, uh, uh, I'm not going to be barambolowing people. I'm not going to be, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, doing some of these, you know, crazy, fancy jump flying armbar techniques that you see in yes. matches. And, and, and they're great. And I'm not bashing these techniques at all. They show a true mastery uh, of the art. And that's great. But at the same time, uh, uh, you know, especially in, a, in an MMA ring where punches start to be thrown, uh, their ability to be effective on a consistent basis is just not as high as mm. maybe people like to think of them as being. So for me, I would say that, you know, in, in that way, you know, uh, it, it's somewhat similar, but it's also somewhat different. Like, I, I really uh, uh, have grown to like uh, MMA so much more. I, I, I just feel so complete, you know, when I'm out there and I'm, and I'm putting together my stand-up and I'm putting it together with my wrestling and then I'm going to the ground and I'm putting it together with my ground yeah. game. And so I, 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 and I, and I just, I, maybe I'm just one of those crazy, you know, out there individuals, but I really like hard training. I like when I'm just like, oh, I just don't feel like I've got any more and you have to dig deep and there's two minutes left in the round and, you know, you just want to quit and you just kind of wish your training partner would just hit you on the chin and, you know, put you out. I, I, really, I, I enjoy training like that and I have just an absolute blast doing it. So, you know, maybe that's not for everyone. I don't know, but I've really come to enjoy and love uh, the sport and art that is MMA. I appreciate that. And I want to know... I guess just from the jujitsu perspective, are we losing you? Are we, like, because we're jujitsu nerds, we're nervous. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I want to see you in MMA forever, but uh, are, are, you know, does the jujitsu community will we see fewer and fewer matches of you in jujitsu? You're gonna see fewer and fewer matches of me in jujitsu. I've I've really uh, 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 enjoyed. Uh, my time, I enjoyed what I accomplished in jiu-jitsu. Uh, there are still other goals out there, like things that I'll consider. Uh, you know, if, if Metamorris gave me a call, uh, you know, that's an opportunity that I would definitely consider competing on a stage like that. Uh, I do plan to be back at the next ADCC uh, again in Manaus. I believe it's where it's going to be uh, next August. So I do plan on going out there uh, uh, with my team. Uh, hopefully uh, that we'll have Jared Dopp and James Popolo uh, joining Professor Raphael and myself uh, once again, and you know we we come back as the largest American team uh, ever again. Uh, uh, you know, coming up here in uh, what what is this going to be 2015? So uh, definitely, we'll try to go out there and take that. But you know, when it comes to competing in the gi and the worlds and and all this other stuff, I've I've really kind of hung that up for a while, or at least for the time being, and uh, I really want to see uh, how far I can take MMA, which was always the goal. It was always, you know, my goal to be the most complete fighter and martial artist that I can be, and so for now, you know, yes, this is where, where I'm at, where my goals are at, I'm, I'm kind of putting jiu-jitsu aside for a while, and let's see how far we can take this MMA career. Like every, it's like daggers into a heart, it's just... Listen, we know it's good for you. It just hurts a little. So we're, we're, we're feeling the emotions that we're feeling right now when you tell us you're away because 
when you say that you were public enemy number one for all of those reasons, those are the reasons that we enjoy watching somebody like you bring that sort of stuff. So I'm okay. I'm get through it. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Uh, it, it just, it does hurt. I'm just letting you know that. Um, and I guess the last thing that we wanted to ask and, uh, Access is really a hard channel to get for some of us. Um, yeah. So, you know, not everybody got to see it, but I did want to know. Uh, I fortunately, thanks to the powers of the internet, got to see your fight. But I want to know, did they interview you after the fight? No. Interesting. That's so interesting. You know, we do something on the show called... Uh, second chance post-fight interview, would you be willing, would you want to be interviewed as if you were just in your fight right now? <laughs> sure, why not? All right, all right. I can, let me see if, I, I mean, I don't really have a great militich, so I'll just do a generic sports guy. Uh, I want you to travel back, have the same emotions. Remember where you were on Friday night, okay? Got it. All right, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, I am here with the winner by Rear Naked Choke, Justin Raider. Justin, tell me a little bit about that match. Why were you so dominant in it? You know, uh, I train hard. I'm in there every day. Uh, it's all the hours that you don't see that, uh, that I'm putting in uh, that count for the most. I've got uh, great coaches in my corner, uh, uh, Mark Beecher, uh, Professor Rafael Lovato Jr., my wrestling coach, Andy Harrington, in my corner, we have uh, Salo and Shanji here uh, in our corners tonight as well. So I give all the credit to my coaches, and uh, that's why I was able to perform uh, the way I was able to perform tonight. That's amazing, and I, I, I feel a little ashamed that you're not giving more credit to the podcast that really brought it out of you, I think. I think I think you're neglecting a podcast that really helped you change your game. Is there is there a podcast you're forgetting there? Yeah, I'd like to give a shout-out also to Verbal Tap Podcast. Uh, uh, they really, you know, uh, uh, have helped me out, uh, quite a bit and uh, I'm very appreciative for that. Wow. That was convincing. I'm going to do this last thing. I just want to say this as an impartial and objective uh, journalist. It's a shame you're not doing more jujitsu, but we understand you've got to kill it more <laughs> in MMA. Ladies and gentlemen, Justin Raider, everybody. And crowd goes nuts. Thank you. Thank you. Not a problem. I always hate <laughs> seeing when you guys do such great things in MMA and don't get talked to. Uh, but Justin... Uh, I just want to say this. It's a pleasure talking with you. We'd love to get you back on when you get another fight or two coming up your way. Uh, but for now, where can people find you? Where can they get in contact with you? Where can they find your DVDs? Yeah, you can uh, uh, get a hold of me or contact me or follow me uh, at facebook.com slash DarthRaider86. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at DarthRaider86. And uh, if you just type in you know Hybrid Success Formula on Google – uh, you're sure to find it uh, there as well. Uh, feel free to take advantage. Uh, some great techniques in there. Uh, I really do reveal all of my, my best Noki techniques um, in that series. And uh, so, yeah, feel free to check it out. And I'd also like to throw a shout-out uh, to uh, uh, all my sponsors, uh, OTM, Lucky Gee, uh, uh my strength conditioning coach, Luke Tyree, uh, Brookover Companies, PR2 Systems, and uh, Mike Columbus, uh, photography so i have the best sponsors in the world uh they take care of me and um i'm you know very appreciative of that and then i'd also like to throw a shout out to my coaches mark beecher andy howington uh professor rafael lavato jr uh professor salo and sean Hibero, and then all of my uh students and training partners at lavato school of brazilian jiu-jitsu all my closest friends and family 
and uh, all my fans out there. Beautiful. Thank you so, so much, my man. Uh, we can't tell you how much we appreciated you being on the podcast, and uh, we look forward to having you back on sometime soon, buddy. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. Justin Rare, everybody. Verbal Tap fans back from his European – Travis, I don't even know how to describe this. Uh, first of all, I'd like to congratulate you on a win on your super fight last night. We have back on the podcast Travis T-Money, T-Money Conley. <laughs> Travis, <laughs> how are you? T-Money Conley. I'm doing good. Uh, wait, and, wait, 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 Kev. You, first of all, you failed there. But second of all, yeah. you are letting me down in terms of introducing a man who yesterday had a super fight – was introduced with way more gusto and feeling and emphasis. I think you're selling him short here. That's you're right. Uh, at one point, this man drove an S10 further than anyone else on the planet. Um, just in to- <laughs> total mileage. Um, and I still I still do that actually today. So. <laughs> still, yeah, that record's not complete yet because he's still working yeah. on it. Called called Guinness. It's still going. It's, it's at the like same. 350. It's the same S10 they took to the moon, which is cool. I don't think a lot of people know that. Uh, so it's cool to pass it along. Otherwise, um, he once won the Blue Valley Northwest Invitational, I believe, as a 155-pounder his sophomore year. I'm just naming wrestling meets that I remember from back in the day. Travis, how do you feel when you start getting introduced and the intro goes like, well, first of all, longer than the fight might? Like It felt like a 15-minute introduction for about – you know, how long was the match, the super fight? Uh, it it was under a minute. It had to be under a minute. And yeah, the I guess the, uh, the video I watched it, it was two minutes, and so the vast majority of that was the introduction. So that is kind of crazy. <laughs> I was so I, didn't even, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I, I as I watched it, when you do look like you're just, about to laugh. Yeah, when someone is just looking at you direct in the face and is going through what seems like 19 bullet points about your life. And I think is just short of saying like in the eighth grade, he read at a 12th grade level, your (laughs) opponent over in the blue corner who also can find every coupon, even when they are not published in a newspaper, Travis Connolly. (laughs) Once told Dr. Burke, our sports guy that he plays for America and to leave him alone. That would be fun too. Just start naming things from back. Travis, you're back from Europe. How was your European tour where you were doing seminars, fighting, um, and it seemed like going to a new castle every day from those that. <laughs> yeah, on it, that, that's pretty much it. It was, uh, man, it was like, I describe it as living like five years and 40 days. It was, like every two to four days, it was new people, new culture, new place. And so I had to like learn, you know, fast learning curve. And as soon as I got used to a place, it was like, boom, I'm moving again, you know, and then just, just repeat it over and over. It was, everyone was so gracious. I just taught jujitsu and, um, you know, did some motivational stuff too, because they just don't have a lot of high level training, anything there. And, uh, they're just happy to, Happy to have me, and it was just great, man. Such great hosts, and uh, just happy to give them a little piece of America and jujitsu, and you know, smile and laugh, and everybody wins. 
I always refer to you as a big piece of America, but you also <laughs> drove on Little. the Autobahn. How fast did you get? So, I don't know if you could say this. Uh, if man, I think we, yeah, uh, um, I think it's okay to say now. Um, I think it was, uh, I'm trying to think of miles per hour. It was like two, two, two twenty. I'm looking at Laura right now, and uh. she's giving me the eye. <laughs> His lovely girlfriend. That's uh, just yeah. putting the eye up at Travis's behavior. Hey, that's jujitsu, people. Uh, stick close to your art. Sometimes you can do cool stuff like drive on the autobahn. How do you yeah. negotiate the language barriers? Or is I mean, especially when teaching jujitsu, I'm just curious. Man, I mean, a lot of the countries, there's, there's, there's at least one or two or a couple Americans, not Americans, but people that speak English and or enough English that you can you, know, you can get by. But even some of the other ones, and like what you do on the mats and just body language and, you know, just working on the mats, people can see that. And it's almost like a universal language when you're on the mat and, you know, just showing things. And just learning, like I would learn like 10 words or so in each language, and that's really, you know, push, pull, and different, you know, just basics like that, and you can get by. So, and in and, and most countries too, they, although they can't speak English, most understand it. So, sure. you know that they, although they can't speak, they're understanding you. That's awesome. So, yeah. Absolutely. And give us your, because we, we have a lot to talk to you about, because you don't ever stop moving. Um, a few That's super fights. Great. You're headed to s- compete at Sambo, which is even funnier just from people that know you. Uh, of course you are. I don't know. <laughs> it makes guess, perfect well, no, sense. I mean, it is kind of funny because here's the thing, Kev. I didn't know that, that Travis was doing dance. <laughs> Wait. Well, hold on. What? S- He's Sambo. doing Samba, right? Like he got asked to do this whole like international uh, competition for worlds for dance, Samba. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's the Russian it's the Russian martial art, mm. um, not the dance path. I'm sorry. Oh, sure, <laughs> well, that makes way more sense. We were curious why you were qualified. It was like, well, you know, you I mean, honestly, a lot of when I heard, time. I was like, mm, you unless, know, good for jiu-jitsu. Unless you're talking about like uh, like Arnold off True Lies and the Tango or something, it's, I'm not <laughs> I'm not going to be dancing. Travis, I'm so proud of you. To, you have this amazing ability of referencing Arnold Schwarzenegger, and it's from a real place. It's real. It's 100% real. But you have found a way to drop Arnold Schwarzenegger into everyday conversation, no matter where you are. True lies. How, how yeah, long that, did that take? True. And follow-up question here. Can you do the true lies Arnold Schwarzenegger tango? Because I feel that's important for what you're about to do in Sambo? Question mark? No. Um... To, to answer in reverse order, no, I can't do it. But <laughs> for my money, it doesn't get better than Tia Carrera and Arnold Schwarzenegger doing the tango. No, that's so, yeah. for real. That's I'll, right I'll before you know he this. gets in that snow skiing uh, rocket fight. It's amazing. Yes. Yeah, I will tell you this 100% truth. Uh, we had this thing back in high school, and I just wanted to get a good grade, and there was like a girl who was cute, and I just was like, do a tango with me from True Lies. And she was like, okay. <laughs> and I was like, boom, A-plus on the assignment. All I had to do was do Schwarzenegger. Easy. And uh, this is the one thing I wanted to ask you, Travis, because you do love Schwarzenegger so much, and we're going to get to Sambo in a second. But do you do a Schwarzenegger? Uh, yeah, I mean, anybody can. You just go, I, 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 
<laughs> I will I will leave you with this before we move on to our next thing. But um, I don't know if you had the chance to see Bill Hader was on Conan this week, and when he was on Conan. Conan was about to transition to something else and he just brought up the concept of Arnold Schwarzenegger as a baby and started riffing and because Bill Hader's amazing at impressions he just goes do it change me now get over here Gosh. do it now you want to change my diaper it's so good yes yes yeah impressive package there's some yes, no. really there's some really good impersonations of him I'm not one of them oh, but you do love him nonetheless but Kev Let's continue on with this uh, this Sambo mission that he is going on. Yeah, from international tour to you're going to compete, and this is a good time to plug information about it. You can, of course, go to ungd.tv. Um, Travis hosts that website. He's done a lot of successful yes. personal training, and you're now using that website as a host. But you are fighting for the Sambo national team. From what you were telling us, basically you're, you're traveling back – you get back into the States, and then you find out there's this new Sambo opportunity. Uh, tell us how that came up, and, and not just any Sambo opportunity. You're, you're competing for the United States. Is that what's happening? Yes. Um, they needed a spot on the U.S. team for the Pan American Championships and possibly the World Championships. And uh, I just I got a formal letter, an invite, I guess just because, uh, you know, they know I'll, I would be – crazy enough to do it and go there and you know do well and and uh you know fight my heart out like i always do so i assume that's why i got it and you know i just i always step up so i got that letter and uh i didn't know if it was going to happen or whatever because it's self-funded and and uh but I, I you know i got the ticket and figured i can you know, come up with the funds and get some donations from friends and family, and and make it happen, and then uh, and then really go for it for the worlds. So that, that um, sounds like a super amazing opportunity. But like, when that does happen, you know, what is the first thing that's going through your mind? Like, are you just literally already imagining being there? Or are you just like, oh man, uh, I got to give up a little bit of jujitsu training? Like, tell us what you have to do to be able to get to that kind of a level of competition. Like, immediately, I'm just thinking, like, okay, how do I make this work? How do I make this happen? Because, I mean, I consider myself a resourceful person and, and, you know, adaptable. So I've always wanted to do, just try my hand in Sambo. And, and it, I mean, what what more of a perfect opportunity, you know? And it's like, it just lays, it, you know, opportunities just present themselves and you got to take them. So as far as taking away from training, I mean, it's not all that much different. Sambo's... You know, the rules are different, but it's just like when I train for judo or wrestling, you know, it, it's a combination of judo, wrestling, and jiu-jitsu. It's just different rules that you can do pins, you can do throws that in the match, um, you can't do chokes, you can do arm locks and leg locks. Um, you know, the attire's a little bit different. You wear a gi top. You don't wear, you just wear little short shorts. There's no gi bottoms. You wear, like, sambo shoes that are similar to wrestling shoes. So it just, it changes slightly, but... I mean, on the mats, it's all the same on the mats to me, you know? How do you win? Um, you could win by pin, like like in judo, like a 20-second pin if you hold them flat. Um, you can win by, if you throw them um, and not leave your feet, that's match over. Um, if you do leave your feet, then it's like four points and you keep going. Um, and you can also win by submission, too. So, And then if that's not, insane. There, there's... 
there's points, and then if the you know if if nothing happens and the time ends, it's whoever's ahead on points. Because I do have to say, just having watched uh, Travis roll, if you know anything about the type of pressure he applies when he is rolling, like the added elements, not just of the submissions, which you are really, really good at, but the pinning element is just deadly. Like, not only are you losing it on your back, but, like, you apply a kind of pressure that is really specific and great. So that's that's yeah, even was, more tools for you. Yeah, I was super excited when uh, Nico showed me you know, we were going over some of the rules, and he was like, "Yeah, you can pin." And I was like, "Are you kidding me? This is going to be a like Kurt Angle. I'm going to be a pinning machine, wrestling machine." <laughs> <laughs> and do you have how long are the matches? Is this a big cardio shift for you, or this is just sort of how you train? Um, I, I actually I don't know, but I, I assume it's probably pretty similar, anywhere from five to ten minutes, and you know, it, it's not going to be an issue. As far as you know, cardio conditioning. Yeah, I well, I guess with the super fights you've been doing too, you're probably you're probably in a good shape for that. But that's fascinating to me. That um, how hard is it for you to change? And I guess I say this in a you usually you know you compete in a lot of different formats, some submission only, some points. Do you have to change your game to fit rules um, and strategy at all? Like, is that a a big concept yeah. for you, or is it? Yeah, I mean, just knowing, uh, you know, people roll differently. Like, when you when you go against a wrestler, it's different. Like, they wrestle, you know, for the most part. When you go against a judo guy, it's different. A pure jiu-jitsu guy, it's different. So having, like, that, that background of all of them, I think, is going to really help. In Sambo, they're going to be, I mean, I, you know, I've just gotten insight from, you know, from people, and I can only assume how they're going to be. But playing my strengths and expanding upon that and getting into the ground and, you know, utilizing the throws as well and countering definitely plays in the strategy. That's fantastic. Plus you get to put the wrestling shoes back on. I know you like that. Yeah, exactly. Lace up the old boots as they call it. <laughs> Is that, that's really cool. Do they, will you guys have like team unis? Yeah, um, I don't think I don't think it's like uh, like judo or anything where they have like the like USA on the back or anything. I think it's just straight blue and red geese. You either wear a blue gi or a red gi, and yeah. they're, they're pretty plain. So, which sounds like sambo. They wouldn't fuss with any of that cool. <laughs> yeah, no, stuff. no frills, no uh, you know, <laughs> none of that. Just beat the crap out of each other. <laughs> No dying mohawks. Um, as you're training, when do you take off? When do you compete? And tell us about the competition process. You're going to, um, for the Sambo national team, you go to a pre-qualifying tournament. What's the process like? Yeah, um, well, I leave Friday, and the first event is the Pan Americans in Port of Spain. It's not Spain. Like it's conf- you know, People get confused when you, you say Spain. Obviously, they think Spain, but it's, it's the capital of Trinidad, and Tobago, which are two islands, the Republic of Trinidad and Tobago, two islands just above Venezuela, you know, in northern South America. So um, that's where the Pan American. I was about to say, your poor passport is so tired right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's, uh, yeah, racking up the stamps for sure. (laughs) Um, that's, That's this weekend, though, and that'll be the qualifier for the world championships, which will be in... November in Narita, Japan. So 
um, I'm not, I'm unsure. Like, there's kind of some unknown about the Pan Americans, how it's going to play out and how it's going to be, which isn't a big deal to me. Like, I've competed in Serbia and Germany and crazy places where you just you just learn to adapt and expect anything. So it's kind of, it's fun to me, that, that unknown element. But uh, definitely in Japan, there's going to be, like, almost 70 different countries represented, and it's legit, like, just insane competition. So... I'll have two months after the Pan Ams to uh, get ready for that. And again, let's give people a quick plug. Go help this man out, making this happen all on a moment's whim for pride and country. We're doing it sort of Rocky Five style, getting in there. And go to ungd.tv, help him out however you can um, so we can, you know, prove our I, I take pride in it Kev, like here's the thing you don't want another places. country to win right no not the sambo i want i take pride in us taking the russian thing and winning at it especially at 90 kilograms that's what i'm saying i don't want to read a newspaper and be like ireland beat usa like oh, oh imagine how that feel belgium what if belgium has somebody that sneaks in <laughs> i just dicks. want people to think about the ramifications before exactly they- don't go directly to UNGD TV and help us make sure our warriors are there. One hundred percent correct when you said for pride and country. Because I mean, it, the funny part is, like, this is how great Travis is. So we do a promo for him uh, for you know, like an interview and a docu series. And one of my buddies put in something in there, and Travis looks at it. He goes, "That's great, but can there be an American flag in there?" <laughs> and I was like, yeah, 100% there could be an American flag. We can make that work. So the it's like, you know, that's always, the kind of yeah. person you want representing the United States. Uh, Travis, what can you say is the best selling point? Kevin and I are going to help you out. We're going to come up with some reasons why people should donate. But what do you think? What is your best selling point to get people to donate to help you make this work? Man, if I'm going to be straight up for real, it's because I'm going to be the best competitor to go in there and um, have a chance to win and just lay it all on the line and, you know, represent the best as the absolute best 90 kilogram American that there can be. So simple. It's pretty good. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, you don't get a name like T money because you disappoint. The man brings the fight. <laughs> he got the name T money cause he earned it and it really does go well with Travis. I don't know why you just meet him. He kind of seems like someone you'd yell team money at. But that and it really does make We're sense. talking yeah, when you put your athletes forward what you want is there. You want them to say I will give blood when the moment's there. I've known this man for over 20 years. He will leave it and has multiple times by the way. We'll leave everything on the mat. Uh, that's where we want our people. Because at the end, you know, fights fights are a finicky business, right? Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. That's just the nature of going in and fighting. What you want is when that fighter walks off, win or lose, someone's like, God, felt like I was just in the middle of a hurricane for five to ten minutes or however long <laughs> it happens. That's what we're sending. We're sending our version of that. Raph, what do you got? For every $10 you donate, Travis will DDT Kevin one time. I don't think we need to give promises. <laughs> I, that is 100%. Because it's like a Kickstarter. You have to give those different things. For every $30 you donate, Travis will powerbomb Kevin. Are we on a trampoline? Like where? No, no, no. It's it's mats, and actually, it might be just floor. Like it depends <laughs> on what kind of place we get. A concrete for you every $100 you donate. 
Travis will put Kevin in a Texas clover leaf, but will not release once he taps. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you can't beat those prices. If you hate Kevin as much as I do, and believe me, I'll donate some just for that. Uh, you're going to want to give give until it hurts, Kevin. Yeah, my previously my previous cracks. I, I don't know community. if people I don't know if people share your uh, <laughs> um, you know your hatred for Kevin as much as you do. Uh, I'm sorry. I have a few ex girlfriends. Uh, you should see our audience responses. <laughs> <laughs> you you deeply discount people hating us so much they tune in just to be like fuck these guys. But yeah. uh, on a very real note, I will say this: Travis uh, is one of those competitors who everybody who he competes against and who he teaches and who he works with has nothing but the nicest thing to say to him. And even when he was competing at five, he made great friends. Uh, from some of the greatest competitors who were coming out there as brown belts. So not only does he have the respect of the community, but he's got a lot of passion when he's doing it. And so I've seen it firsthand, and I, I can tell you, what Kevin's saying is, is a guy who leaves it all on the mat. Travis is going to do that, and he's a guy who you like watching compete because he fucking brings the shit out of it when he's doing it. So uh, I think that's the best kind of reason we can give you guys to donate. And also, he'll beat up Kevin, and that's great. Yeah, plus, I want to hear back on, like, the Sambo stories, because I'm really curious about, like, after you get back, just what some of the fun rules are you encounter. Um, in yeah, it's going to be it's it's going to be a learning experience for sure, and just, like I said, a huge opportunity, but, I mean, I, I think that's why I got selected, is because they know that I don't, I'm not going to have any fear, I'm going to jump into that opportunity and, you know, meet it head on, so... I appreciate the kind words, man. I uh, I know I'm doing something right when I have like complete strangers and people at tournaments come up to me and they're just like, man, that was awesome. I love watching you fight and this and that, and you know, it just it just verifies it. I know I'm doing, I know I'm doing the right thing and doing something right, you know, along the path. Absolutely, traveling around like Highlander at the moment, just fighting people from various yeah. countries uh, in whatever Listening format they choose. <laughs> <laughs> and Travis, you just finished a super fight last night. Yeah, yeah, we had uh the Rev Gear World Open in Kansas City and uh we had three super fights. Um I was the the one the first one. It was awesome. Went up against uh Anthony Carlson, a really good guy I've known for years and uh came up to victory. Speaking it was of, good. It was it all, it all went really well. Samba. Yeah, you like take that samba step backward and uh, pull a pretty nifty knee bar right on there, and it was fun to watch Jason and Joe fight too. Two black belts yeah. in, the, uh, in the Kansas area, both known Joe fights in Bellator. Jason's always fighting in jiu-jitsu matches, which is great to see. So that was fun to watch too. Good stuff. Yeah, it's great Rev to have Gear. events like that. Like we don't like you know Rev Gear brought you know, a professional backing that just Kansas city just doesn't see with, with just everything behind it. So it was unique. And then, you know, they put together those fights and, and, uh, it, you know, it was made possible because of that. So it was a really good event. I got to ask too, um, you know, I, I got two questions for you. The first one is you, um, you've picked up quite a few championship belts in the past couple months. Uh, you had like another super fight about a month ago or something like that. Yeah. It was the first rev year out in Denver. And, uh, I won that one by toehold really fast, and um, you know, the guy—he's a good guy, but it 
he didn't tap and it, it hurt his leg too. And that's what happened yesterday as well. He tapped too late and, you know, he suffered from the knee bar. So I've got two, two super fight belts from, uh, from rev gear now. So I, did he yell tap yesterday? Hey, by the way, Kaz, you are, you are peaking. Uh, I'll take, I'll do your question. Uh, so, yeah. So did he yell tap? Like I, it was a little unclear as to how it was ending. He uh, he did. He like it was really quiet in the arena because you know it's like it's almost like a Japanese pro wrestling match where everybody just like sits in awe and then they just cheer at the end. But it was really quiet, and then you heard it pop like twice, mm. and then uh, you know he said tap. And I think honestly he was in kind of shock because I looked at him and he was looking at me and I asked him like, "Are you okay?" And he was just like, "Yeah, I'm okay." But I don't think I think it was more of him trying to assure himself that he was okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's just unfortunate, man. You never, yeah. You never wanted to go to that, and and Anthony's such a good dude, and I like him. And but man, it's you know it's a super fight. It's brown belt. It's you know yeah. it, that's that's what you sign up for. It's the name of the game. I mean, when yeah, especially with brown belts. I mean, it it things can happen so so quickly because you know you guys are so proficient and skilled, and and just to be at that level at a super fight, it's it's, it's it can be very dangerous. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's part of the fun, I guess. Is a little bit of danger and i mean you can, you can always tap fun. out i mean you can always tap out though i mean you, you can you know but that's the thing is like you push the limits you know as human beings we yep. we push the limits and you know sometimes you, you're on the you're on the receiving end i got toe in february and you know it, it, it was bad it popped bad and i was i was lucky because i still felt it all the way through the pan ams and everything but you know sometimes you just push those limits and it happens that's the name of the game truth and i wanted to ask you about this as well you had some weird situation i don't want to go too too much into it but you guys essentially just some powers of b over in the midwest came together i think it was in texas and put together your own event yeah oh yeah it was uh um aj camancho wrote a really good three-part series article about how all this went down so if anybody's interested in in reading more about it because it's just there's just too much to tell right now but but in short it was these promoters invited like they they promoted this event for like two three months and you had to send in invites you had to send in your resume to get invited which is backwards if you ask me it's like if you you either know my resume and you want me in your tournament or you don't so did you have to get a cover letter at references too yeah yeah and and then uh anyway the whole the whole it was handled very very shady like the night before they're like oh yeah remember to bring your $125 cash at the door. And then it gave all the other information. And all of us were like, wait a minute, what are you talking about? This is an invitational. We'd never heard about any of this. Long story short, none of us felt it was right, you know, um, morally, integrity-wise, to continue on with this, this group. So we just threw together a tournament with the same people, six of the eight, actually four of the – five of the eight or whatever and we got a couple of replacements we put together a six-man same tournament everything in less than 36 hours That's the same so tournament amazing. that they were promoting for two months and it went off better we had it streamed live all these things and it was just awesome so i mean if you, that if was, you have a corrupt awesome. if you have corrupt promoters or you know if you, if you see things that aren't right you don't have to just you know be like oh you know what i'm not going to you know, I'll just I'll just bow out and step aside. No, you can actually stand up, 
have a voice and do something about it and, you know, make something happen. Another reason to send Travis as a national team member. Um, worst case scenario, he gets there and they're like, we haven't organized anything. Hey, no problem. The fight will go on. That's Travis's <laughs> motto. I brought some uh, mats from the US of A, and myself and some other competitors. If you guys want to meet me outside, I've already got three sponsors. So yeah. let's make this happen. Things are actually going great. So we'll see you outside. <laughs> That's the old, that's the old, I don't know which of you guys just said it, but the show must go on. That's the old pro wrestling, um, yeah. you know, motto. Absolutely. You, you got to get to the finish. Show must go on. A little theater. <laughs> Again, TV is the place. Go help this man out. Travis um, from KCBJJ, underground training. You're doing all that stuff still, which is uh, crazy. Of course, you can get a hold of him and maybe get on his European tour, even if you're out in Iowa. Just, you know, ask really nicely. Be like, next year's European tour. Let's start it in <laughs> tropical Iowa. And you never know. Travis, who else do we need to shout out on the sponsors? You've always got some people that are investing and in helping you out. Yeah. Um, KCBJJ, my team, of course, they're phenomenal. They're always supreme, always the best. They did a great job yesterday at the tournament. Um, ground control, eye flow, defense soap. Those guys are always backing me. I can't can't thank them enough. Um, uh, that's about it. My uh, my I'll give a shout out to my mom and dad. They came yesterday after like nine years of me doing jujitsu and, and came and watched. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, so, oh, I awesome. got to see a, a nice commanding victory. The Conley crew. It's an impending yeah. force when they start yelling. I should have known from the. Uh, from the crowd noise that they were back there. Well, Travis, yeah, it, it was one more. Thanks. I got to thank Laura okay. too. Cause while I was gone in, uh, in Europe, she was holding down the house and she was doing all kinds of things, holding, holding it together behind the scenes. And she switched jobs and moved and all this stuff. And while I was gallivanting around <laughs> Europe, so, um, I can't thank her enough. She's, you know, she does a lot. Absolutely. See, he's, uh, I know ladies. He's a heartbreaker too. Done like a and no, and no, Travis. she's not. She's not uh, standing right here telling me to say that or anything. I'm, I'm not <laughs> no, not at all. Now, so. You are doing that of your own free will and accord. Yeah. As yeah. Uh, as a guy who knows how good he's got it. That's right. Exactly. Can't mess these things up, ladies and gentlemen. Travis T. Money. Conley or T. Munley, if we're going to mix them. I don't think we should. God. I was just trying it out Turned earlier. Turned into Ned Flanders. God damn it, Kevin. <laughs> it didn't work great. There is a big Simpsons thing going on. Anyway, KCBJJ's own Travis Conley. Guys, thank you so much. And uh, if anybody donates, I really, really appreciate it. It's, uh, it's a great honor and privilege to have this opportunity. And more so than that, to be – to see the response and the help I get from just random donations and friends and family, it's uh, it's almost kind of over, overwhelming. When I did it back in 2011 for for Serbia, when I did the USA grappling, it was a it was an overwhelming experience that I'll remember for the rest of my life. And I'm just so thankful and blessed that I get to do it all again and represent our country again. So, thank you.
Impact Podcast, part of the UFC 178 Legacy Fighting Championship 35 Red Rev Gear Super Fight. We had a lot of dangerous people on this podcast. We really and did. Stephen Briggs. So how dare you? <laughs> what? I I don't I don't think he would be as I mean, if I want to get roasted or I need someone to make some jokes about my hips, I mean he's of course a very dangerous person, but otherwise, you know. I don't think I feel like yeah, I dominate him physically, right? Uh, I don't you know. know. His his wrestling was is be- definitely better than yours. But Well, I definitely can't take Travis. <laughs> I definitely can't take that's Justin. That's 100% true. That is also And I only true. measure my adequacy by people on the podcast I can beat up. So, it's not it's not a very good uh, right? <laughs> not... That's say I was like I think all the way through he had to pick yep. nine fights well great podcast nonetheless (laughs) we got some wisdom about mma travis has been rocking around the world um justin's been on our list of favorite fighters to talk to for a while and you know again steven was there we talked to him so that happened and just just be happy that you made a friend I've got, I've got enough friends, Rev. I'm all set in that department. That's actually not <laughs> hey, in the least. No, that's not. Yeah, who? That's, uh, I'm not interested. A comedian, <laughs> uh, them and their jokes. Hey, that's going to take us to shout outs. Mm-hmm. I'll start. I'm going to give a shout out to Johnny, by the way. Made it to open mat right on time. Arrived. Uh, we did some 10 minute rounds, so he and I threw the gi on. Getting slowly back into gi season, Rap. Getting back. Yeah, I think so. You put okay. the bottoms on, you cut up the top so it's like a crop top. You throw the no. belt around your waist. No? No. Well, I might have done it a little differently then, but I think okay. I mostly get it. Uh, BJJ MMA Academy out there in Chantilly, some great training. Welcome me back, and of course, beat the hell out of me. So I'm nice and tenderized, like a piece of very eloquent steak. I don't. That's a terrible metaphor. I'll keep working on it. BJJ Finder out there in Chantilly, <laughs> VA. I already saw Andrew, by the way. Um, I was watching some Pan Am No Gi 2014 matches. Saw mm. him refing. He was uh, doing some refing this weekend up oh, in New York. Good for him. So. Yeah, I was like, I already saw you. I was watching some uh, Zhao Miao. <laughs> Caught a little. It's like, hey, I think I know that guy refereeing that match right next to it. I uh, <laughs> happened to recognize him because I hid my wrist instinctively. I went to click on the mouse. I was like, no, 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 don't leave it out there. <laughs> that only happens when you see your jiu-jitsu instructor. Of course, big thanks to the T. Munskis for coming on the podcast. Old Spring Hill alum. Raph, something you wouldn't know anything about, being from the heartland, Kansas. Middle America folk are just, you know, better, I guess. Is if I had to throw a word to it, I was just going <laughs> to use labels casually. Uh, that's going to do it for me in the shout-outs department. I like to shout-out with an insult. It's like how I, how I end them. Are you done? I'm done, yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure you... You were done saying your nonsense. Because I'm not trying to turn this podcast into a whole regional versus regional thing, Kevin. <laughs> I'm all about there's unity. There's a lot of people from L.A. On there. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. I mean, it's fine, man. I understand it. You're just jealous. You don't, you don't like us city folk. It's cool. Yeah. Me and Justin Raider are like, we don't need that city folk. Don't put also, your name man. in with him. Don't. <laughs> Come on. You don't get to do that. That guy agrees with me. We'll call man. Him. I can I can allow you to be friends with with Travis, who I'm sure when he sees us calling him is like, ugh, these guys. Got to. I have to talk to him. I knew this idiot from 20 years ago, and now he has a podcast. And now I got to be on there with him and his stupid friend. Yeah, I went to high school right. with a lot of people. I mean, <laughs> gee, I wonder why you don't have so many friends and you're all filled up on them, Kevin. So strange. Yeah. Uh, well, I want to give a shout out to everybody. I want to give a shout out to the world, Kevin. Okay. To the world. Do you, do you understand why I would do that? Because uh, Travis was traveling? No, I don't quite. Because I'm a nice human being, Kevin. That's what we are like here in Los Angeles. <laughs> uh, anyway, a vampire. No, he doesn't <laughs> sleep. What is He's that? Always mean? awake. That doesn't mean anything. Feeds you on just people. Change the subject. <laughs> To something completely non topical. Braces. You, <laughs> wait, we both know I do not need braces. My teeth are. I know, I was going with like a fang thing. If you were a vampire, you would need braces. That was I will say, I do have like the two almost fangy kind of teeth. So sure you do. that's fine. But they're very nicely done. They're the nice fangs, the ones that you, you pay for. Uh, so. Where are we on shout outs? Are you done trying to insult me? <laughs> it's definitely me? your turn. It's it hard is my to turn. say where we're at on them. But you're being such a uh, dick about it as yeah, we're transitioning. Uh, so, shout out to uh, let's go ahead and start out with Valley Martial Arts Center. Vigamac! Guys, get excited. They're going to do another white belt only tournament out at Valley Martial Arts Center. It is $30 entry. It is going to take place in November. I believe it is November the 9th. So if you have people who you are instructing or you yourself are a white belt, please look into it. It is a great place. Every tournament that we've held, we've had people be super happy, super exciting. It's a great place to do it. So uh, definitely get excited. November 9th. Yep. So it'll be some great stuff. Look for it for that's Valley Martial Arts Center in North Hollywood, California. I also want to give a shout out to my good friend Brent Bernston, who I took some of his classes, Kev. And he not only rolls really intense when he's rolling with you, uh, but then he like stops me and he gives me like 20 minutes of notes. And he's just like, yeah, Roth, I noticed you were doing this. And I was like a one thing, which then stemmed into like 20 different things. And I go, oh, those are all very helpful. I'm not going to be able to do any of those, but there's too much. Shit, that's so good. Thank you. So it's, it's so amazing that he would take that time to, to help me out. Him and John Evans were, were very, very great and helped me out this week and giving some great jiu-jitsu instructions. So let's shout out them. Let's also shout out Subfighter MMA. They're also having a tournament at the end of October. You guys should get on it. It's another $30 tournament, which is great. It's, I believe, double elimination. So look for it. Subfighter MMA if you're out in Southern California. So we want to shout them out and... Uh, if I'm going to shout out somebody from jiu-jitsu this week, I want to shout out Deb Lopez, who's been learning some great new tricks. She actually came up to me today and said, hey, Raph, I want to try and get people with a go-go plata. And I applaud her because it's tough to pull off, but she's very flexible and she's getting there. So 
kudos to her. She's a great training partner, and I think that'll do it for shout-outs for me. Oh, wait. That's right. Hold on. My family. Yeah, you're great. My sisters who came with us yesterday to help me find a wedding band. That was pretty sweet. Ooh. And uh, I'm very excited about that. And shout-out to the fiancé. She bought me a nice ring, so I'm excited for that. I don't think it'll kill me if I roll in it. So that's good. I am going to urge you to very strongly consider being a, a ring-off roller, though. I 100% agree with you, Kevin. It's not because I want to be that guy who's like, I'm rolling with it on. Because I've seen the pictures where bad things happen. Okay, good. Okay, okay. That's all I was asking. That's But the whole... I am also the idiot this week. And this is a 100% true story. This week, Joey Diaz comes down to train. We're doing back take defenses. And normally I keep my glasses on just to kind of see the technique and then I take them off right beforehand. Uh, I just went straight to drilling with my glasses on. <laughs> like okay. that's how second nature they are to my head. <laughs> and it go? wasn't until that like I'm on my back and I have him there and I go, oh, no, I have seatbelt and shit. My glasses are on. Oh, no. What do I do? And I like I literally have to like nudge my head and like fling them using only the power of my head. And nice. uh it was it, it worked, but no. That's a scene in Superman that he'll show when he accidentally leaves <laughs> his glasses on to go fight crime. It's like just once. <laughs> It'd be nice to see he was like, oh, shit, I'm flying with these. Damn it. <laughs> and I've told people this. I'm like, you, people who don't have glasses don't understand this. But there have been times when I'm about to go into the shower and I'm just like, oh, regular vision. Water. No. Glasses off. Why? <laughs> Damn it. It just it comes with the territory. So my thanks to them and my thanks also to August Manassi uh, and his beautiful wife, Melissa, for inviting us to their home yesterday. We had a great time seeing and catching up with them. So thanks to everybody. Malagast. Benassi's, if we're doing Don't do that. hybrids, we, no. we shouldn't. That's going to do it for us tonight here at Verbal it, Tap. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm going to end the show before you can make go your ahead. points. No, I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. <laughs> good night and good fight. And Kevin, let me tell you this right now. I spent a good minute and a half yesterday singing your praises, and I take them all back. Oh, ooh. A minute and a half? Fuck you. Yes. We've been doing this broadcast for years. You could do two minutes. You could. You chose not to.